The CCUA episode 11, Pressure is a Privilege with Christmas Abbott. The worst day ever. Today was the absolute worst day ever. And don't try to convince me that there's something good in every day. Because when you take a closer look, this world is a pretty evil place. Even if some goodness does shine through once in a while, satisfaction and happiness don't last. And it's not true that it's all in the mind and heart because true happiness can be attained only if surroundings are good. It's not true that good exists. I'm sure you can agree that the reality creates my attitude. It's all beyond my control. And you'll never in a million years hear me say today was a good day. Now listen, we're going to change perspective here and go backwards. Today was a very good day. And you'll never in a million years hear me say it's all beyond my control. My attitude creates the reality. I'm sure you can agree that it's not true that good exists only if one's surroundings are good. True happiness can be attained because it's all in the mind and heart. And it's not true that satisfaction and happiness don't last. Some goodness does shine through once in a while, even if the world is a pretty evil place. Because when you take a closer look, there's something good in every day. And don't try to convince me that today was the absolute worst day ever. This is The Sisu Way, a show about grit, character, life philosophy, fitness, leadership, service, and what it means to choose strength. My name is Scott McGee. I'm a family man, friend, thinker, and a peaceful warrior with an open mind and an unconquerable soul. And that poem was written by a 17-year-old girl named Shani Gorkin, entitled Worst Day Ever. And it became popular back in 2015 when somebody printed it out on a piece of paper and put it in a bar somewhere. And somebody took a picture of it and threw it on Twitter. But it's about perspective. And speaking of perspective, my guest today is Christmas Abbott. Now, stay with me here. She's an author, an athlete, a gym owner, a girl boss, pit crew, I want to say ninja, entrepreneur. She's a branding, marketing expert, speaker, and a relentless human. But like I've said before, these titles are just titles. They're not the actual human. And what I really, really love and to show everyone about Christmas is her courage, her spunk, her guts, and her gumption. Welcome to the show, Christmas. Thanks, Scott. I think that's probably one of the best intros that I've ever had. It uh, resonated. Well, Thank you. It's important to me because I don't know if it, it came to a certain point in time where I stopped like being impressed by things mm -hmm. and started being impressed by people that were happy, uh, <laughs> people that were, um, made other people feel good. You know, people can have, someone can have all these accolades, but if they're like still sad and depressed, they're still a sad and depressed human. That stuff goes away. Mm -hmm. Instagram can go away, you know, jobs come and go, but it's about how you identify yourself. 
Is that something that's hard for you to, let me ask you this. Who are you? (laughs) I am a work in progress and I'm a lover of life. And I, I'm just a, a girl that I'm a human that wants to live to their full potential and leave a beautiful footprint before I leave. That's it. Like that, that is what everything that you listed off that I did. That's what it boils down to. It's about leaving a legacy, right? Yeah. There's a song that really hits me in the feels, uh, by Beyonce. I was here. You're gonna have to listen to that after the show. I, okay. And the listeners too, listen to that. Listen to that. And I think you, if you've been paying attention to the show, you also could understand how it resonates with me. Which song? It's called I Was Here. I Was Here, okay. It's one of my, one of my favorite songs by her. Um, but it talks about that, being here, leaving footprints. All the stuff you just said is like lyrics from her song. Oh, wow. Okay, well, you know, me and Beyonce were collaborating for a little while. Not really. <laughs> but <laughs> People were like, oh my god. Yeah, gosh. you're a ghostwriter for Beyonce. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> But we talked about on the show, and part of the reason for it is to leave something. Yes. Leave it better than you found it. Yeah. Including yourself. Absolutely. And just like this coin behind me, you see it back there. Mm -hmm. Memento Mori. I think death will probably be a big theme for this episode. And that is um, death as far as killing yourself and actually dying. Two different things. And, um, and, you know, rebirth in, in the process of life. You know, one human doesn't have one life. It's a collection of chapters, and each chapter has a different storyline, a season, your seasons of life, just like a year has. Um, you know, you can die multiple times in a year or multiple times in a lifetime. It's just lessons, <laughs> lots I, of lessons. <laughs> In, in Stoic philosophy, they talk about having, you know, remembering that you will die on your brain, like at all times. Not like a big one, oh my God, I don't want to cross the street, but just like a little flicker of that, you, you know, you're going to die. And so live life as if you could leave at any moment. And so there is a constant, you're right, rebirth, right? So to go back, you've had a couple like, I don't want to say catastrophic moments, but you can say catastrophic moments. <laughs> what? <laughs> and so there's, a, there's, I want to ask like who you were and let's try to understand who you were because who you were is not necessarily you right here. In fact, your cells are different. You've yeah. regenerated. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Seven years. Yeah. Completely regenerated. Yeah. You're physically not the same carcass. Yeah. <laughs> That's mind blowing. I've like, that, okay, that's a whole other topic of discussion. Yeah. And like, are you still you? Like, what stays? And like, what about your brain? Like, how is that? Like, really? Yeah, there's, that's a phil- so that's a philosophical discussion that is countless conversation. They used uh, ships, like online. If you jump in philosophical discussions, there's a ship. Like, if you have a big old boat mm-hmm. and you gut it and put all new parts in it, is it still the same boat? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, don't, I don't have the answers for that. But either way, <laughs> um, to go back, I, I'm kind of curious because I was looking through your badass body diet book over here mm-hmm. and you, you give an intro and granted that's a few years old, but there's still some things in it that are universal truths for you. Yeah. 
And the one that stood out to me as far as something that, you know, you were going one direction, then you started going another one. Mm-hmm. And that was probably your sister's car accident. Yeah. And what did that do? Um, that was a long time ago. Uh, that, that gave me a reason to not care, right? That was my excuse. It was the excuse that was planted in my lap for me to be a constant victim of my circumstances and to be angry at the world, not take responsibility for my own actions and to, to run hard with it. Um, you know, it's funny because I, I'm pretty open about that transformation I've, and, and collectively I've had multiple deaths um, throughout my life. And that year of the car accident was one of the darkest, hardest years of my life. And then 2017 gave it a good run for, for the best or the darkest and hardest year of my life. So that year that I had that car accident, um, and it's funny because you can, and there was another one in the middle with, uh, Iraq. Um, so here I am three major years and three very different, uh, choices of how I took that experience and ran with it. Yeah. That's exactly the narrative I'm building Hey, <laughs> because you have, so you were 13. I was 13. And, and 13 year old female is a crazy age. You guys are like crazy wild savages. I always say I'd rather (laughs) deal with like a parolee in the street than a, than a, than a female teenager. That's just, you guys are vicious. Well, I was a good girl. I'll tell you what, before that I was, I mean, yeah, I was experimenting with some stuff as adolescents do. And I was, you know, we, we grew up without uh, a lot of money, but also my parents were bikers. So I was exposed to that lifestyle of smoking and drinking and things and so it was kind of a normal experiment for me, but that doesn't mean that I had to choose those things. And um, the accident just expedited that process um, greatly. So that's that's kind of like, and the reason I'm starting there, one is because it's chronological, but also because it starts pointing uh, responsibility and accountability, ownership outward instead of inward. And especially for a young girl who's trying to navigate adolescence, um, that can take some time to recover from. And I think there's also some parallels there uh, for addiction. Yeah, it took me about thirty, about twenty years to recover from that. To be honest, just because I found fitness doesn't mean I found my self worth initially. You know, that same year, I started to rebuild it, but it was such at a deficit that it took me until my late twenties, early thirties, even to to really be like, hey. I'm, I love me as me. So, um, how was she? Man, I tell you what, 2017 took me out. Literally it took me out. Um, some of the darkest days that I've seen in my life and come January, 2018, and we'll get into this. I definitely want to explore this a little bit more. Um, best month of my life by far. So like, I'm good. And I'm still healing. I'm still processing. I'm still having to do the work. I will always have to do the work. But I am, I know, I know what I'm made of. Um, I know my purpose. I know the bigger picture. And, um, you know, that is to not say that I won't still struggle. I still struggle. I still have bad days. I still have bad moments. I still have very dark moments. 
Um, and there's sometimes a difference between them. All right, um, I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, so you had this car accident in 20, uh, you were 13. It was 1996. Yep. And then, <laughs> uh, you were maybe seven, I don't know. Early twenties. You went and you were, um, uh, a contractor in Iraq with your mom, mm-hmm. which we were not in the same camp. So it wasn't like I got that support, you know, she was in Iraq. I was in Iraq. We just were in different camps. And in respect of time, um, I don't, I don't necessarily want to review all that because that, that story is out there. Yeah. If you guys want, it's even, it's in, it's in your book here, badass body diet and several podcasts and stuff like we've done on the podcast. We've mm-hmm. talked about this stuff. Yeah. And so the actual narrative, I'm going to fast forward. Yeah. And I want to see, cause you had that moment. You had, um, my epiphany at 22 yeah, in Iraq. And what specifically was it like a, a fraction of a second that it just hit you? Yeah, it was called a bomb. Um, <laughs> like <laughs> mortar round comes into the camp. You, you, your life flashes, you know, the decisions that you make that you make during your life flash between like in front of your eyes. And it literally, and I was very fortunate because not everybody gets to go to an Iraq zone, I mean, into a war zone and have that type of epiphany. They struggle with it. They struggle with it because their intuition tells them one thing, logic tells them another. And a lot of the times it's um, contradicting. So you like, and that's a whole nother conversation. Was it it hard to be there as a, as a a female? Extremely. Around a bunch of shoulders, soldiers, you know, know, like, and shoulders. You know, the contractors, the soldiers were all, you know, they were always, the soldiers were specifically very, very respectful. But, um, you know, you worked in this culture that's very conservative and you had locals come in and work with you and you just, you, I wasn't like I am now. Like I didn't have, like I was not, I was like very like conservative. I wore long sleeve and I didn't wear makeup and um, you just, you kind of keep your head down a little bit more. Do you think your 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 looks is a strength or a weakness? It can be both, but man, you know what? I don't care. <laughs> now, I, the reason I say that is because I think some people can label you as like that girl, especially what they can be exposed to on social media. You know, the the skin, the bikinis, the uh, What's the word I'm looking for? The perceived nakedness? The, uh, what's the word? Implied nude. Implied nude. Thank you. <laughs> Industry speak. <laughs> but, man, you have such a beautiful soul and such an eloquent writer and are in touch with some awesome feelings. Thanks. And th- that stuff is disguised sometimes by a shot of you in a bikini. And so I, I, it's something I, I hope on this show to really point that part out and celebrate, like, you... Not the, you know, not the, the hump day hot shots. You like know what I'm saying? Kitten. <laughs> sex yeah. kitten. Um, you know, you know, the, yeah, there's a lot of sultry photos out there. I always want to make sure that the, the photos that I do are tasteful. Do I want to be able to show them to my grandchildren? Yeah, I do. I want them, whatever I put out there at some point, I know that it will surface and I want to make sure that it's done tastefully. And, and yeah, sometimes people do get distracted by that. But at the same time, I love my body. Like I'm proud of it. And I like being naked. So, and I love the beach. So why am I going to just, you know, cover myself up for somebody else's comfort? You don't like it? 
don't follow me. Don't look. You, yeah. do, you only want to see the sex kitten, then you're missing out on some real good shit because I got a lot more to offer. Yeah, so read her stuff. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, okay, admire the hotness, but also uh, admire the heart. Thanks. Like but the body punch. is a byproduct from demanding my body to do what I say. It's a, you know, like that's, I, I don't work out for aesthetics. I work out because I want to entrain because I want to, I want to see how far my body can go. And that's, that's why I'm proud of my body. Now I want to talk about health as well. <laughs> We're talking about health, uh, your body and using it for, to be able to navigate the world. Speaking wow. of which, that was my elbow. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a snap. <laughs> hey, so your, your, the foot. Is that part of the struggle of 2017 that you're speaking of? Yeah. So collectively, my heart, body, and spirit was just demolished. Yeah. The foot was huge. What specifically happened? Uh, with the foot or 2017? <laughs> well, let's start with the foot. Well, let's start. Was the, was the foot the beginning of the... the... No. Right, the entire year. So uh, February, a year ago... Um, just over a year ago, uh, my fiance at the time and I broke up devastating, you know, um, number two on the books, you know, talk about feeling a little bit like a failure. And then in the same week, one of my dearest, a very, very close friend OD'd in front of me. Um, I wasn't participating, but I, I knew what was going on. I went and checked on them and, uh, watched them the term turn blue and called the ambulance, called, you know, got into it, almost got arrested because I was like, you know, they started questioning me and I was like, you need to worry about them. And um, it was, it was a one-two punch and that was in February. Did your friend pass away? No, they, they survived and they went into rehab and they've been actively recovering since, really proud of them. Um, And, you know, so it was just like a loss of a love and then also, like, on the other hand, like, this other close friend is, um, you know, almost, like, loss of a life, but they, they persevered. But that's watching that, and you know, in your line of work, um, does something to you. And there was a time, you know, I just, I just had, I had so much work on the books because the first quarter is always busy, and I had to kind of, like, persevere. Like, there were things that I could not cancel. And then I canceled some major things and probably burned some bridges, um, did not care, lost, lost so much of my passion and fire. I didn't leave my house for a month at one point. And when I slow, and at the same time, like I had just had knee surgery in November, so I still wasn't squatting yet. Uh, still physically not able to have my therapy. And when I finally started to kind of surface and get back into my routine or try to, uh, I went on Big Brother <laughs> And Big Brother is not just like a summer camp for adults. Big Brother is a psychological experiment. You are put in a house with strangers. You have no writing, so no pen and paper at all, no computer, no radio, no music, no uh, reading materials, no way to have any sort of therapy, no information from the outside world. You are in social isolation with these other strangers, and they're all plotting to get you out. (laughs) Talk about a mind fuck. (laughs) 
And wow. yeah, so I think a lot of people don't understand. Uh, they know about Big Brother, but they don't realize that we can't write anything down. Like there's no therapy outlet. Um, day 13 on Big Brother, I broke my foot. I didn't break my foot. I annihilated it. Um, my surgeon, who's one of the best in LA and arguably the country, said it looked like a bomb went off. It's one of the worst he had seen. I broke 10 b- bones in the growth plate. It's called a less frank fracture. It basically was shattered. He was like a hammer, this beautiful hammer, throw it on my foot. And that's what happened. Four, four toes dislocated, a tendon and the main nerve got severed. And, uh, it, I, it, somebody just kind of, I mean, it was, it would have been better for them to just like amputate half my foot. Um, how'd that happen? I got a piggyback ride and we slipped. And we fell on my foot, and my foot folded it in half. Did it make a special sound? Um, I don't know if it made a sound, but I felt every bone break. I rolled over. I said, I broke my foot. Get production. I knew. I don't know if it made the sound. They say that it made sound, but I have no idea. I felt ev- everything. So now, like, my only form of therapy inside this house that literally makes you go crazy um, was taken away. And I had to pretend to be okay I had to not ask for help. I had to be strong and persevere and um, mentally and physically. Can I ask, did you meditate? There was so much chaos inside of me at that time that even if I had wanted to, I I, I would have like probably had a mental breakdown. I was so detached from myself at that point in the year that there was just, and I know I meditate regularly now. I meditate twice a day, morning and night. Um, it was so beyond my reach at that point. So no, which is probably what you should have done. Yeah. Well, you know, but I, I also was incapable of doing it at that time. Yeah. A little different now then, huh? Yeah, I have to. It's, it's, it keeps me grounded. Came out of the house, super shell shocked. Like, my friends were worried about me. Like I was, when I say shell-shocked, I was literally shell-shocked. And I had a couple of friends, military friends that, um, you know, they, they related, the experience related. And I just, I isolated myself. I listened to music. I sat on my back porch and smoked a lot of pot and cause I re- refused to take any sort of medication. Um, but my anxiety, I was, I was on the verge of a panic attack 24 seven. Couldn't sleep. I had lost 15 pounds in the house and lost another five pounds outside the house. And all I did was write, listen to music and meditate and, uh, occasionally leave the house. (laughs) I didn't work. I didn't do anything. Like I was just sitting on my back porch and slowly doing that work, doing the work, um, reading some of the messages that I received from fans or just people um, telling me how they were in a similar injury and I helped them see that you can come out okay. And um, the most impacting were a handful, not just one or two, but a handful about how they decided not to commit suicide because of seeing my vulnerability and my struggle and that people that are highly successful or well-known or looks like it has, they have it all can still have a struggle 
and it not be okay, but still fighting to make it okay. That is one of the catchphrases of the show is vulnerability is strength. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I, ironically trying to break down some stereotypes or thoughts of what it even, for, of course, for women, but also for, for men. Yes. And especially, <laughs> I would say especially for men, because there's a, there's a little bit of a stigma on being vulnerable or crying. Yeah. Or telling your telling your buddy like hey man this hurts me like enough right we're only yeah. here for a little time and, done <laughs> and that's something so that vulnerability in you and your ability to articulate it and share with others is probably what i'm most impressed about you i'm not sure you should be impressed because i had no other choice like i could if i I would not be here right now if I kept it to myself. That's how dark some of the days got. So, if you guys know somebody out there, or if you yourself, um, reach out to Christmas. Also, uh, if you tuned into episode 10 with Traver, boom, reach out to Traver. You guys are both doing very similar work on slightly different frequencies. And saving a lot of lives that you might not even realize. I hope so. It's crazy, like, the the stuff that we do, right? You have this relentless drive to produce content. Even podcasting. I always talk about, I'm sitting here, and it's, we have these chunks of metal in front of us. <laughs> and it's going down these weird, wiry things. Yeah. Somehow into that little box. That's going to reach and potentially change someone's life. Mm-hmm. Trips me out. Trips me out. It's kind of like this love-hate relationship, I guess, I have with technology. It's like Bitcoin. How does that even work? <laughs> but a, it works. Yeah, yeah. But I guess it's, a, it's human, well, beyond Bitcoin. Yeah, you're right. Even money itself is weird. Like, here's yeah. a piece of paper. It's the same as this piece of paper over here, but this one has something else written on it, so therefore it's worth more. Yeah. It's weird. But either way, putting out a message and being vulnerable and, and being able to connect with people through social media. Mm-hmm. Like that's, a, that's an, an awesomely awkward beast right there. It's, uh, it's been a form of therapy for me for years. You know, I, I don't do social media because I wanted to be famous. I love social media because I started to tell my story and it started to help people realize that they can change their life. And... Um, you know, I kind of lost my way a little while and 2017 was a real rude awakening and and it, it put me in a very, um, severe and dramatic way back on track. Would you say, are you the caterpillar or butterfly right now? Mm, I think I might be coming out of the cocoon. I'm not quite the butterfly yet, but. I, you know, and I, I tell, I just talked about this in another story is, uh, you know, life will bury you, bury you in order for you to be able to blossom into something else. Like you have to grow, like you cannot grow without being pushed underneath dirt. Life's like, I'm going to make you, life is awesome, but first I'm going to make you strong. (laughs) Uh, yeah. And in order to make you strong, I'm going to take everything away. I almost kind of giggle at that because 
me see how I want to phrase this. It's almost like I feel like when we have it all figured out, you're like, everything's been taken away. It's kind of like life's like, hey, hold my beer. Let me show you what's really taken away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're like, what? right? Because then, like, I mean, it can always be worse. Yeah. And that is something, a psychological tip that, um, talk about with Trevor on the last show. It's, you know, I, I say choose strength. Strength is a choice, but another thing is comparing down. And so, like, no matter what, let's say your foot, and you're like, hey, at least my other foot isn't hurt. Or, hey, at least I can feel my foot. Some of it. Or, hey, at least <laughs> I have a foot to break. Yeah. That's what I mean by it's comparing down and helping psychologically. But what is a, some well, of the... Well, it's just finding gratitude in everything. Biggest one. No matter what. Here's your steak. Boom. Yeah. Everything is based off of that gratitude. Steak. Gratitude. That will always, always humble and put things in perspective. Gratitude... Humility. I, uh, the show I did with Tate was big, heavily on humility. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And of course, you've been on with human. Tate. Yeah, I love that human so much. Yeah, we talked a lot about humility and having everything rooted into humility and gratitude. Um, right now, what's hurting you? Mm. You know, I still struggle with the lessons of 2017. Um. I am in a, like I chose, the, the word for this year for me is transformative. So every year I, cho- I choose a word for my annual focus, uh, intention, you know. And I tell you, if you're going to adopt that philosophy, just be cautious of what word you choose because it will serve you. It will serve you um, on both ends of the spectrum. And um, my heart is so full um, and it's the, the most recent discoveries and transformations are healing that scar tissue, which is uh, a pretty incredible thing. So like I said before, um, January is one of the most, the, the best month of my life. <laughs> and that's, that's to argue, you know, like people were like, oh, national bestselling author, uh, CrossFit Games, whatever. Okay, cool. Those are the things that I did. January was about the people and the conversations I had, the, the experience that I cannot capture other than in my soul, in my memory, and with those other people that were there in that moment. And that's, that's quite beautiful. Um, so if you're asking me what is hurting now. Um, I'm pointing that out because I can still see it in you. Yeah, it's still fresh. It's still raw, and that's okay. And you know, I'm not trying to run away from it. Especially seeing somebody about to die too. Yeah, I, th- I think, I think there's like a a certain slice of life that a lot of people are protected from. <laughs> and first responders, nurses, ER doctors, um, firefighters. These are all things that uh, we get to see nightly, daily, all yeah. the time. And I say get to because having that line, that this that line of work is uh, a privilege. Yes. Right, an absolute privilege, and there is a cross section of our communities of people that grow up to be able to have broad and strong enough shoulders to bear that weight. Yes. 
and I almost get sad sometimes when I see like, I don't say like a normal person, but get exposed to that stuff and not necessarily know how to handle it. Not saying you didn't, uh, but also to, I don't know. It's like part of life. I guess it's something that everyone's going to have to go through regardless. But my point being here is psychologically, it leaves a dent. It's it, stuff. it puts a mark. Yeah. And it's something, and I don't something know if, you you've, if you've, you've had that when you've been sleeping or had those images or a certain part of the house or, um, yeah, I ended up going, so I went to Aranon, the alcoholic uh, support, but not for like, it's not, it's for the family members and, mm-hmm. you know, not saying that alcohol is less, but it was a different experience, you know, like people looked at me strange when I told them that my friend was on heroin and fentanyl. And so I found Naranon and um, that helped a lot just to be able to be in a room with other people with the same story, different day, different person, and to know that they're struggling the same way. It's that community. Um, you know, I think, what, what was it, the three things that we need in life? Food, shelter, community. That, that's it. And I needed a community that understood uh, the demons that I was dealing with at that time. When it comes to that community, it's also about being vulnerable within your own community, right? Mm-hmm. Vulner- vulnerability doesn't also necessarily always mean in social media or podcasts. Right. But Person being, to person, guess what? Having a conversation and yes, looking at their eyes. Yes, being, being, <laughs> being with your, your tribe, your circle of friends, whoever, whatever you want to call it, and being honest w- with them. And yourself. Yeah, big time. Number one, right? <laughs> What's that sign right there? That's, that yeah. sign up there means know yeah. thyself. Number one, man, do you think you can give any advice to someone on how to do that? Be honest with yourself, man. I'll tell you what, when I started doing that, it was a real rude conversation. I didn't like it. I didn't like it one bit. I tried to run from it. But here's the thing is that you are going to never be really satisfied and happy with whatever you have until you have that conversation and start mm-hmm. to peel back those layers of your own integrity for yourself. And that includes knowing what you want want out of life, but knowing like calling you calling yourself out for your own bullshit. Hey, uh, my friend says a lot, stop reading your own press. Um, you know, like be real. Um, and, and, and I don't know, I think that it takes a little, so what was it? Um, awareness creates action. Um, I, I actually posted it this morning on my Instagram, you know, awareness creates action. I'm, I'm kind of dumb right now. I'm a little hungry. <laughs> hey, I'm pulling it up. It was real. Uh, my, my, some, I heard it in passing conversation. And it's funny because once you start being honest with yourself, everything starts becoming clear. Like you don't have drama, you don't have like confusing, like it's just, it's super, super easy to know what you want, you know? Oh yeah, here's that, that's what it was. Self-awareness creates self-accountability resulting in self-growth. Like you can't grow unless you're aware and you have to hold yourself accountable. And uh, that that's just, I mean, for me, it's, that was the thing, like 
being honest with yourself is being aware. And do you have to be alone to do that? No, I, I've had like little honesty epiphanies and conversations with other people. Some people, if they're good friends, they'll call you on your shit. <laughs> I had my friend, you know, same friend that OD'd. I saw them recently and I was like, hey, and I called them out on their shit. And I was like, what's going on? And they were like, well, you know, nobody else calls me on my stuff. And I was like, well, it sounds like you need to look at your friend circle because you need people that, that will call you out and make you take that look at yourself. I'm, trying, I'm looking back at our text conversation and some of the things I told you. I said, move fast, think slow. <laughs> I think that goes with dealing with stress a lot for people. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you're like actually going through. You can still think really slow and clearly. And... Take your time. You don't have yes. to figure out the answer right now. It takes a little while to process an event. It takes a little while to figure out what your real options are. It takes a little fig- a while to figure out what is best to, for you to serve you now. You know, I, for a long time when I'm talking about, I don't want to dwell on this for too long, but dealing with a lot of uh, dead bodies, yeah, especially uh, in the elderly, psychologically like when i would see them i could almost smell death on them and i would see them as like a living dead body yeah uh some of the kids stuff for a long time i had a hard time putting my kids to sleep i had a hard time putting their pjs on uh because some of the, the really sad stuff that i have envisioned like just right there in my brain yeah and i'm still trying to figure out how to how do you actually deal with that type of stuff Obviously, like, so again, talk, circling back to, to death uh, and how that death makes you grow and whether you're killing yourself, say, like you, when you were a teenager or smoking and being mm-hmm. unhealthy versus not being honest with yourself is you, also killing yourself. Yeah, you're wasting time. So part of the thing I'm still trying to find the answer is a lot of people struggle with finding out having not only having a conversation with themselves, but being able to figure out, have the right communication with themselves to figure out what their why is. I challenge people to ask questions. Like here's a list of 20 questions, answer them. And you'll start finding out. They're like, Oh my gosh, this is uncomfortable. Good. Keep going. Absolutely. You're going in the right direction. (laughs) And it'll start, you know, they start figuring out who they are a little bit more than what they initially thought. And that's when the truth starts to unveil itself is when you start asking questions and peeling those layers back. Um, do you want to have kids? Yeah. She yeah. got a big old smile on her face right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. I should say kid. Let's just start with one. Uh, probably. I mean, I'm 36. I'll probably only have one. I don't know. The, the yeah, I've seen some... Crazy stuff. Well, 36, do the math. Because I, I can say, I, I mean, I think your, your greatest role is yet to come. <laughs> so, so how I was talking about like January being one of the greatest months of my life. It started off with like, I love January because I get to go to Waterpalooza, had amazing conversations. Like, and the conversations, you know, are like this now. You know, people talk about um, other people people talk about events and then people talk about ideas 
all of the conversations that I have over the last six weeks have been about ideas and like how you can change the world, how like we can help each other in whatever we're doing on um, this. There's this currency right now that's just electrifying and, and, and that's consistently not only in my life, but in the people that I'm around and you know, you're, you're attracting that type of mentality mm-hmm. and January was nothing short of that. So Wadapalooza, amazing experience. Went out to California with Trifecta Meals. Love you guys. Um, amazing experience. Just people wanting to do good things and help each other, even if they're quote-unquote competitors. Like, that's good business. That's good shit. Mm-hmm. Went out to Vegas. Didn't party. Like, that's normally like my throw down. Um, went out to Vegas, didn't party, and just had, you know, that was like when I was sitting with Brandon Lilly, Bert Soren, Zach Brown and me, and we're just sitting there talking about what is it that we want to impact and talking about how we can help autistic children find um, their their talent, utilize their talent so they can have a job and be able to provide for themselves. That's cool shit, you know? And then I hop over to, that's also when I got the tattoo pressure as a privilege, which is, you didn't know that. Mm-mm knowing before we came on this podcast uh, and you had picked that out for one of the two titles and um, went to Texas, did a speech on, um, I can't remember, but it was awesome. Got to see Julie Fouché and a couple other heavy hitters and just had, again, talked about big ideas. I was getting ready to do a second skin photo shoot and the night before, I always like, I'm a planner, my body gets exhausted and... um, took a test (laughs) and I'm pregnant like January 28th I discovered that I'm actually like pregnant (laughs) like right now (laughs) not public knowledge I know I see you're you're like what (laughs) what's going on here um it's unexpected untraditional but everything else in my life has always taken that pattern so I'm over the moon excited about it. And it's funny, people ask me what I wanted to do when I came out of the Big Brother house. And I was like, I'm ready to have babies. Didn't know it was actually gonna happen that soon. And it's, it's wild. I, I am just over the moon and super excited. And it just makes perfect sense. So when you were like, hey, <laughs> that's why I started laughing. Well, that's why I like, I'm not actually completely surprised. <laughs> I, kn- I know. Uh, that's why I was like, oh, I, we can't air this until one more week. <laughs> Going to do an announcement later. Um, this will come out whenever you want it to come out. Okay. <laughs> I just tweeted it. <laughs> uh, first of all, congratulations. Thank you. Um, time to really, 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 really like slow down, right? Yeah. 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 I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah. Slowing down. You know me, like I'm, I'm a strategic planner and, um, you know, it's in the works. I'm like, clear the schedule. I, this is, this is the best thing that I will do in my life. Easily. Yeah. <laughs> Easily. Well, look, 100% because I don't have to go into why and what the role of a mother means to the world, and especially a mother like you are going to be. 
but there's, I also don't want to like toss aside the amount of people out there that you help. Right. So that, cause that's, that's important too. Mm-hmm. But obviously raising another human from scratch and growing another human and man, super, uh, difficult. <laughs> it is terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. There's, you know, you, you go through like a, a crack in identity a little bit, but like, who cares? You're talking about like, um, you know, caterpillar and the butterfly and regrow, uh, you know, uh, being reborn. There we go. Mm-hmm. And wow, I'm excited for you. I'm excited too. Thank you. Yeah. Lots of, you know, lots of changes and they're all just so beautiful. There's, it's just, it makes sense. It makes sense. Does Fran know? No. Um, <laughs> We're talking about Fran and your bulldog. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, she's always been so good with little babies. Like, she's such a little gentle freak. <laughs> I found out before Fran. I just want everyone to know that. <laughs> <laughs> she knows. Um, she has to, like, sit on me now. Like, she knows. It's well, wild. Because one of the things I was going to tell you, and I think I, we've, in text conversations, I was like, wow, if you could just once in a while just slow down, maybe do less. Because I know you're such a forward thinker yeah. and a planner that I think sometimes you might be looking too far ahead. And so if there's anything, little piece of advice is like maybe, and it sounds like you're doing it, but maybe yeah. not like say no. Yeah. I'm sure you are. I'm sure you have to say no a whole bunch of times. You probably have people that are saying no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very lucky. Right. But then doing this stuff, like getting rid of the stuff that isn't going to serve you as a human or to to really empower you and, and give you pride. Not just stuff, but people too. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of cleaning right now. Ruthless. And yeah, I'm doing exactly that. And what I, what I actually feel good about is that I was slowing down before this information came. And I had already had one of the best months of my life before I got this information. It just took it to a whole new stratosphere. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm focusing on the, the projects that I've built and I just want to make sure that I give that the proper time and let them grow into their full potential with, with my businesses and my team and make sure that, you know, that, that structure and those functions are exceptional. And people kept asking me, what's your next thing? What's your next thing? And you can listen to all the interviews as of like the last few months. I'm like, no, I don't have a next thing. And I've never had that in my life. My next thing is corporate wellness because of, what I've built for these pil- pillars, mm-hmm. right? And that's just a natural progression, but I'm not starting anything new. And I never had that before in my life. And now I understand why. Yeah. It's <laughs> like what you're going to do is always impressive. As long as what you are right now is happy. Yeah. Cause if you're always chasing something, then you're never really enjoying it. Yeah. And, and so, I chased things for a long time. Yeah. So everyone slow down, stop for a second, stop. Take a breath. Right. Look around. Look at a tree and admire that tree. Yes. That's actually one of my challenges in the other book is like, I tell people, I'm like, go to a coffee shop, sit down for 30 minutes, put your fucking phone away. Right. I know you're going to have to beat that out. Um, (laughs) Put your phone away and just watch people. Watch, you know, look at the hinges on the doors. Just pay attention to something other than our technology or yourself. And, it's amazing how different your perspective can be when you just sit back 
and look around and take yep. it in as it is. Can I add a little extra credit to this? Yeah, I like it. Maybe do it at home, but do it blindfolded. All right. <laughs> I'm going to go do that. Try to have okay. a cup of coffee without your vision. Yeah. And then you're, this is what's going to happen. One, you have a, once it's over, you have a whole new appreciation for your ability to see. Mm-hmm. But then also like you're going to hear things. You're going to taste the coffee a little differently. You're going to notice the shape of your coffee cup and what kind of material it is. And you're going to notice the temperature and you might notice the steam coming off your nostrils. It's a little less than unlike our senses. Mm-hmm. Um, does your mom know? Yeah. My, <laughs> my family, okay. my friends, um, the nucleus, the team, you know? Oh my gosh. Jenny, like my operations girl is Jenny. She, uh, I thought she was going to just flip out. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's such a positive, overwhelmingly positive support. Um, him and his mom are thrilled. And like, I talk to his mom all the time and, um, you know, every he's, he's been a really like super bubbly about it. And his community knows a little bit more than my community does. Not that I've been like, I'm just like, let me get to the first sonogram. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, let me just, let me make sure, one, you know, for the, for the safety, also, first and foremost, but two, I, I just want to make sure that it's one. <laughs> like, for some reason, I have this uncanny paranoia. What, I mean, like, twins? Or? Yeah, like, you know, I've just been, I've been a fan of efficiency for so long. <laughs> You're not in control of this at I all. I know, <laughs> I know, and that's okay. You can sit there and have the anxiety all you want, but no, like, I'm not. Ex- I'm just kind of like curious. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, absolutely. okay, let's find out how many there are because I am the queen of efficiency. So, <laughs> can I ask how far along you are right now? I'm super early. Um, seven weeks. Okay. So I don't want to. Well, nothing we say is going to jinx anything, anyways. Right. It's still but early. You, ha- well, my, you haven't listened to the heartbeat yet. Oh Next my gosh, week. you have so much fun stuff ahead Next of you. Next week. I cannot wait. So, so this we- is also part <laughs> of the beauty of our smartphones. Yeah. And so you can record that first heartbeat and and kind of like start making a collection of that stuff and then save it somewhere. I've already, I'm, I'm going to be like, this kid is going to be like, mom, seriously, I've seen all of this. Like you have way too much stuff <laughs> about your pregnancy. Are you, um, and I don't want to pry too much, but are you and dad going to be raising the kid together, same cities? Um, yeah. So I'm going to be splitting my time between Tampa and North Carolina. Um, and he, he was, um, stationed in North Carolina for a little while. So he has a, a good support group there too. And, you know, we have a great relationship. We have a, we're excited about, I mean, he's like over the moon to be a dad and he's going to be an amazing, amazing father. I'm just really excited. He's convinced that it's a girl. I'm like, okay. Um, but yeah, we have a, we have a wonderful working relationship. Holy smokes. He's going to be a rad dad. Your world is going to be so rocked. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So this goes back to like, you're talking about earlier about purpose and bigger picture. That was before I knew. I mean, you know, every 2017 set me up for this 
And I am grateful for, and I talk about this a little bit. I'm grateful for 2017 and the tragedy that I experienced, multiple tragedies. Like I said, my heart, my spirit, my mind, and my body was just broken. Everything. I got a, you know, as soon as I started to crawl back up, I got knocked back down. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that because I would not have learned my lesson any other way because I'm a stubborn bitch. And the, you know, just, Life was like Christmas. You have a specific lesson that you have to learn and we're not going to unlock the next chapter until you learn it. And I'm grateful for that. And I love the movie Collateral Beauty because there's a moment where the woman, you know, the wife's daughter is dying of cancer and I can't think about that uh, too much. And the, this old lady is just sitting there and I'm not going to spoil too much, but she just sits there and she says, don't forget to look around Hey, right? Take a second, look around and see the collateral beauty. And I've been holding on to that for all of 2017 because I knew that through every tragedy that there was something there that is beautiful. And if I just am patient enough and, you know, listen to what the lesson is, that I will find that collateral beauty. And this is exactly that. Well, you have dirt. And the most beautiful flowers ever grow out of it. The most beautiful trees. I've also talked about on the show that if you focus on the pain, you suffer. Yeah. But if you focus on the lesson, you grow. And there ain't no... There it's just like the poem you read this uh, in yeah. the beginning. Yeah, exactly that. But it's, it's about choosing strength, right? Choosing to be optimistic choosing to see the beauty choosing to stop and actually look around and appreciate a bird but there's also you know and and this is what i really learned in 2017 is that in that grotesque moment there is beauty in that in that and i don't mean like pretty i don't mean like feel good but there is something magnificent about that pain or that situation um and it's, it's, I don't know the word, whether it's, it's not quite morbid or bittersweet or anything like that. It's, it's just different. Life is beautiful. Just as beautiful as a, a, a beautiful, huge panther going and biting an yeah. alligator and taken out of a river. Exactly. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I don't want to ask about the sexes and stuff like that. Cause I don't know yet. No, no, of course. No way. No absolute way. I think I really, I think he'll want to know immediately um, because he's just kind of like that way. And I don't know. I think I might want to wait because I think that's like one of the biggest, most surprises in the world of your lifetime that, you know, like you're carrying this human inside your body and you don't know until like you go through the process you have to do the work <laughs> and I don't want to cheat that process. It depends on how much prep you want, how you want to do the nursery or the registry. I mean, all that stuff. That's, all of that stuff is. Yeah. Eh. But you know, there's uh, all the stuff we're talking about in, in the resiliency, the Sisu, the Sisu that you are providing for, I would say all the females, right? But you also inspire men. I hope so. I'm a, I'm a human lover, you know? People are like, oh, Christmas, you should do women and some empowerment. Cool. 
I should actually do human empowerment. That's what I do. That's my business. Yep. That's my passion. I want every person, regardless of their gender, age, race, background, doesn't matter. I want them, if they can, to find something out of my story and say, man, I want to make my life better. Now, I want to go a step further here. Yeah. Because we are doing this with adults. Yeah. <laughs> we are. Like, we're in a way, like, fixing, like, I don't want to say broken cars, but in a way, a little bit like we're backtracking a little bit and trying to make some corrections. But something's kind of, for me, it's taken on like some legs that I didn't anticipate, but I want to uh, keep it going and keep this movement going strong. And I'm going to recruit you on it. Okay. And that is to live and love on purpose and start teaching our kids resiliency and accountability and ownership at a young age. Mm -hmm. And so the story goes for me is that I was in Tahoe with my son who was four at the time. He was walking up a hill, it was snowy. And he kept slipping and falling. And you get upset. You get up and he'd slip, fall and start crying. Wouldn't even like pick himself up. And he kept saying, I can't do it. And he, eventually I would pick him up and like, hey, start walking, fall again. And he was like kind of falling apart. And then I told him, I was like, hey, next time this happens, next time you fall, I want you to say out loud, get up strong. Yeah. And he kind of looked at me in this way that I'll never forget. And then he started saying it. I was like, what do we do? He fell. I'm like, what do we do? Get up strong. And all of a sudden, like, he had like this facial expression that switched. And it was like, a, like all of a sudden, it was like the birth of resiliency. First of all, kids are resilience. Yeah, beings. they bounce. But just the, thought, <laughs> just the thought that he went from being a victim to being in complete control of his circumstance. Just by you creating an awareness for him. And the, just telling him, get up strong. And so it's kind of stuck now. It's become this thing with him. So when he falls or fails, I just ask him, what do we do? And he's like, get up strong. And the other day, uh, I've had some parents write me and tell me that they're starting to have their kids, you know, telling their kids to get up strong. And then those kids have gone to tell other kids, to get up strong. So it's empowering little kids, which I eventually grow into like strong, resilient adults and not this like a, uh, this weird, I'm a victim mentality. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking, I mean, you know, maybe eventually I'll make like little shirts, little kid shirts that say get up strong on it. I like it. And support each other and the kids. I want a onesie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, and then I, I asked my son the other day, uh, actually this weekend when one of the dads wrote me and I told my son this and he was so excited. And I said, Hey, Show me get up strong. And he's looked at me and put his arm up like this and flexed. <laughs> he has one arm up like in a bicep pose and took a picture. And so, I don't know, maybe I might make that a little silhouette logo for kids. So, it's something to help and to get these kids to be resilient. Yeah, I think it's important. And you know who they're going to help? You. They're going to help me. They're going to help the adults that, are, that are, are hurting, that are striving to improve themselves. You know, I love, like, kids and elderly, no filters. Mm -hmm. And they tell you exactly how it is. And they'll, they'll put it, you know, they, they show you a different perspective, you know, pull your head out of your butt. You know, they're like, Oh, why are you, you know, they just come up to you and they tell you exactly like, they're like the true truth litmus test. <laughs> like, no, abs absolutely. You know what else you're, you're going to learn or see? I actually just posted this on my Instagram was the ability to see life new again. Yeah. Through kids. Like they go out, like we went on a slide. It was the most amazing thing. 
in that moment my kid has ever done in his entire life. And it was just like a, it was kind of like a big carnival slide, but just the passion that he had in that actual moment. <laughs> Instead of looking like an adult, oh, well, it's not that high. We got to wait in line. We got to get this little thing. And already we're putting like this, this like, I don't say negative spin on it, but we're. You're not in the moment. No. They are always Completely. in the moment. And absolutely like, like I wish I loved something as much as my kids love the garbage truck. <laughs> <laughs> they lose their minds when it's the garbage, oh, the garbage truck. truck when it, when awesome. they, the garbage truck comes. It's a big thing. It's a big thing. You're gonna see. You're gonna you're gonna see. I didn't know. I thought when my when my kid was like three years old, I thought that he had this weird like thing and he saw a garbage and he was like freaking out about it. And then I went on YouTube, I Googled it. I'm like, let me just show him a, a garbage truck so he can be happy. And the first video I picked up had like 87 million views. I'm like, well, apparently that's like a, I couldn't believe it. You're missing out on some stuff here. I, well, I'm, I'm doing a lot of research right now, to be honest. Like you riding I'm a garbage truck a lot. might be a thing. Yeah, <laughs> okay, so. good to know. No, so, the, he, so the passion he has for just something as simple and is an everyday occurrence like that. Your garbage truck comes every day? No, no, no. I'm saying okay. like a, a garbage truck is <laughs> like something. Oh, it's just like, like you see a garbage truck. You're not on a garbage yeah, truck. Yeah, yeah. But instead of like, wow, I mean, look at that. He still loses his mind. That's a front loader. It's purple. Looks new. Look, I wonder if it's going. It started, it's just, you see the beauty in the most like normal things that we would perceive as normal. Yeah. So it gives you a refreshed view at life. Well, it's a new lifetime of firsts. Yeah, especially... Especially for you and the baby and the poop goes everywhere and the pee and oh my the gosh, lack of sleep. it's so funny. Ben talks about all these places. He's like, yeah, you know, this is a really great place for us to go because we can order food here. And, and in case the, boob, the the baby just decides to poop all over himself or herself, he continues to say she, then we can just get up and go. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm glad that you're you're um, thinking that way. <laughs> you know, like I was not quite thinking about all the poop. Oh yeah. <laughs> It gets impressive. You're going to have it up to the belly button, up the back. I remember my nephew and I was like, how did this happen? Like, did you just like take your diaper off and, and poop on the wall yeah, and then put your diaper back on? It's um, weird. <laughs> you're going to have it splash on the wall if you're lucky. <laughs> Some of the stuff is going to look like, uh, I don't know, like smashed up spinach and pasta. Or <laughs> well, maybe the next time we podcast, pesto. like it's we're going to have like this pesto. poop talk. Yeah, we're, look at this. Is this... <laughs> Is this baby poop or pesto? We'll have a quiz. <laughs> but that's what it'll be like, and you're going to see like all the things. I'm Man, I'm really excited for you. <laughs> yeah. That relentless life is going to have a slightly new uh, meaning for you. Yeah, it already does, man. Um, I don't know, so many changes happening already. And, you know, I caught myself real fast um, because super early, right? But still like having lots of body changes immediately. Hormones are real. And I was like, oh, this is just like me being like the placebo effect of being pregnant. And I'm like, oh, I'm not really that like hormonal. No, you are immediately. <laughs> and, and like suddenly, I know this, this might be TMI, but suddenly my bras don't fit. Like I, nothing, you know, like that is the first thing that grows. And I was in the, I was just kind of feeling funky. And like by the end of the day, you're just kind of gassy and like you're just bloated and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm fat already. And I'm like, you know what? Check yourself, Christmas. You're doing this once. And this is an amazing miracle that you're going through. And 
embrace it. Like the way that you demand your body to perform at top um, capability with all of those years of competing, guess what? I get to do that for the next nine months and my body's going to run the show and I'm going to love it as it is. All of the changes, stretch marks, weird things that secrete out of your body and you're like, what is that? I'm going to just, you know, I want to own it and love it as much as possible. And I, and I, you know, it's just, it's, it's wild. Cause you, again, it's a choice. Yep. And I quickly found myself very quickly just being like, kind of like, Oh, I feel this way. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, I should feel this way. I should be honored and privileged and humbled that I feel this way because I am responsible for a tiny human inside my body. You should listen to uh, Lindsay Valenzuela's episode, you know, Strength to Give. And we talk a lot about her pregnancy and what happens to her body afterwards and how she dealt with that, especially coming from like a, a performance machine that she is. Yeah. And then dealing with, she put on like 80 pounds. Yeah. And then the struggle there. Yeah. And the cool thing is that you, I know you're hyper aware of this stuff, but you have a, you know, right or wrong, you have a, a responsibility and an ability to influence a lot of moms out there mm-hmm. and how they deal with changes in their body. Yeah. And I think, look, I'm, I'm just one, one little dude, right? One Scott McGee. That's Actually, you're a tall dude. Well, it depends on the perspective here. If you put <laughs> yeah, me on an NBA right. court, I ain't a tall dude. I'm like, who's that little dude? <laughs> Touche. But, but the, from what I see, I don't think, I think there's like this weird race for women to like try and lose their baby weight and like take bathroom selfies and really look and race to get the six pack back. Or like, and I'm not saying it's healthy or unhealthy. But I just think there's so much beauty, and I think you guys are very lucky. And I say that because males, obviously, we can't get pregnant. I can't bear another human body inside me and experience that. Yeah, no offense, but I think you're going to be missing out. Oh, (laughs) okay, yeah. I mean, I'm not. Trust me, I'm not like uh, completely like bummed out that I'm not. But having that ability is such like a a huge responsibility. It's not what's more important. What's what's more responsible than that? And so it's a huge gift that you have. And it's not a guarantee. And so to be able to, to really own yeah. those moments and the beauty of it and own the weight gain, own the stretch marks. The process. And then really appreciate it because it is a spectacular, spectacular, like, that science can't even explain it. In fact, I'm going to send you a, a link because it absolutely blew my mind on what's actually like happening cell by cell in you right now. I have been doing so much research. Oh my gosh. It is incredible. Have you seen the one of the mathematician? I think, guys, at a TED Talk, the mathematician tries to explain what happens. No, but I'm going to look that up. It's It's wild. It shows like a, your cells reproduce, right? And form this like piece of paper. It looks like it's like a tissue, like a human tissue. Yeah. And that tissue folds, twists, and does some magic trick into a heart. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And that's like, happening, and that that is going on, and so, and it's crazy to me, one how beautiful that is, and the entire process, and how you and you're you're enabling that environment, but also, like how easy it is to get things wrong. Yeah, we're very sophisticated creatures, it's and we have, we can't even understand it. No, um, no. I'll send you it to check out. I like that. 
I know. So I've been, I, I actually, I have like five baby apps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I went through a whole bunch. I was like, which one do I want to see? This is what my baby looks like now. Like um, week. Yeah, and it's wild. There's one yeah. that's 3D. And so this week, the head is really big and the brain is starting to develop and the, the heart is pumping. It's a two-chamber heart. And it's just wild to like read these things and watch this video and know that that's happening inside of me at the size of this week is a raspberry. So you'll see that I've actually been hashtagging like blueberry or raspberry or, um, um, see, I know I'm super sneaky. And then he's been doing like, he had this beautiful picture of him and this cute little black baby that goes to his gym and he's like hashtag practice and like dad bod. And it's just really cute. So we're, we're kind of leaking in a little bit, but I'm not sure most people pay that much of attention. Can I see, let me ask you a question. When you do meditate, does it feel differently now that you're pregnant? Um, I, my time sitting still feels different. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's a constant awareness. That's Paul. Paul snuck in. If you hey, guys Paul. hear, by the way, if you guys hear clicking <laughs> in the background of some of this podcast, that's Paul, AKA Dro taking some awesome pictures. Yeah. He's actually the one that makes all this, uh, the podcast look fancy. Dig that. By the way, Christmas is pregnant. Yeah. Hey. I don't know if you picked up on that. The world doesn't know yet, but they will when they hear this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he already tweeted it. So, uh, <laughs> no, he's like Facebook and live. <laughs> hey, but congratulations on your greatest role is about to come up. And if you, you think your soul has been on fire, you have boy, oh boy, kiddo, you got a lot. And, and just the, everybody that's listening out there, I, he did not know before this. So him teeing that up, uh, was not planned. <laughs> oh, Remember, it, it was just like a natural segue. Oh, yeah, me. Yeah, yes, you. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it was also not planned, but <laughs> no, no. it was a pleasant surprise. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I don't know if it was, had this like subconscious like feeling because you talked about having news and you know, your skin looks fantastic. You're kind hey, of glowing. <laughs> uh, I don't know why. Like I should be super sick right now, but I'm not. I've been in such a good mood. Yeah, you're, you're I don't want to say you're, you're minimalizing things. Uh, I don't know. But I, a lot of that, you know, again, a lot of that was kind of where I was right before this happened. But also it happened in January. So it could have been a contribution to like me just slowing my roll um, and feeling like that's, that's, the, that's what needed to happen. Your body knows, man. It's crazy. Your body just knows what you need to do and it tells, it'll shut you. Like I got shut down twice yesterday. I was filming all the last two days for my BBX and, um, you know, I just, I just was like, okay guys, I need a, I need a nap. And I would go to the couch and go to sleep for like 10 or 15 minutes and they'd be like, okay, Miss Christmas, are you ready to go again? And I was like, yeah, okay, give me some food and we'll start this again. And I took two naps <laughs> in the day. It was a 13 hour filming day, but, um, you know, like. I'm listening because there is no way I'm going to do anything to jeopardize the safety um, that is within my control. I'm going to write down that you, I need a nap. Listen. And then I'm going to write <laughs> RIP uh, nine months from now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I'm trying to stock up as much as I possibly can. But the beautiful thing about, um, you know, going to, going to Tampa is that, um, you know, I have him full time and I have his mom almost full time and, you know, like my family, my unit, my nucleus in North Carolina 
can't give me that type of support, that family unit support. Um, so I'm pretty excited. That yeah, that is. It's it's a you can't beat that. No, you know, and then to be able to have the the family there constantly and just thrilled about it. Um, yep. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, naps. It's the kindergarten theory. Everything that we need in life, we learned in kindergarten. And I've been really practicing this over the last like six months, you know, um, patience, kindness, naps, snacks, juice breaks, AKA wine, RIP. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, you'll be able to get it. Like you'll, you'll learn like it. You'll see. Uh, recess, you know, yeah. play, play, play people. Go have fun. Play, do something. Yep. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, Oh, I got two questions. One is like, what do you, what do you think your mom is most proud of about you? I'm not quite sure. I don't, you know, initially my immediate thought would go to, um, you know, my, my, my career endeavor, you know, but she's just proud. I think, I mean, she's always been my biggest fan, right? Um, and I, and I love, um, her tenacity with life and I've learned so much from her, but I think that she's proudest that I'm living the life that I love. Yeah. And I've been doing that for a long time and you know, life puts me in check here and there, but, um, just to be able to, to own it and to be able to be who I am unapologetically. Ask her. I'm going to like, I was actually talk. I don't know if you knew this. I was talking to her on my Uber here. Like me and my mom are best friends. She's my superhero. Right. And we were chatting and I, I literally was talking to her as I pulled up to your, your place. <laughs> yeah, ask her, Cause, um, you know, we've talked about that, you know, health is wealth and all this thing. And, and, and again, life is a privilege and it's yeah. not a guarantee. That's right. And so start communicating with each other. And that is something also um, a big, gigantic, if not the main reason uh, for this podcast is to leave stuff for my kids in case something happens. Mm-hmm. And I only have certain people on that I think is relevant to leave those messages. Social so, responsibility. So part part of, you know, again, like you're certainly not on for like Instagram followers, right? No, is it for no. me? You're here because of you and your resilience and your attitude and your ability to communicate and help people. Thank you so much. And so hopefully one day, you know, 20 years from now, hopefully my kids will be listening to this stuff and be able to learn something about dad and some of his friends. <laughs> well, I'm certain they're going to learn a lot. <laughs> but it's important to have stuff to, to pass on, right? You talked about legacy. And so your legacy is going to change a little bit. And one thing I was going to ask early on was, when you're when you're doing your social media posts, who are you talking to? To be honest, usually myself. No, I knew I was. I know the answer. Yeah, I know you're talking to you, and I'm sure you've probably gone and looked at your own post as medicine. Yeah, I use it as a live journal. Yep. Um, I post for to serve myself, to remind myself where I've been, where I'm going, what I need to be doing, put myself in check, um, have that honest conversation with myself, and. You know, when I when I speak to the fans, I love, love my fans. But man, I'll tell you, they are special. They are people that are broken. 
um, that want to find something better. And they're just so incredible. And, um, you know, that's, that's, I'm proud of the following that I have because of the character of the fans that I have. And, you know, that's why, you know, Big Brother, it was a cool challenge. Like I was not in the mindset, the correct mindset to go into it, but I did it because I wanted the challenge. Um, and the, the fans that were from Big Brother got to continue to watch me grow and they became like my other fans, you know, the ones that want to do something impactful in their life and they have something beautiful to say through tragedy or whatever it may be. So I like to read their stories and respond to them and surprise them. And they, they feed my soul as much as I feed theirs. It's a beautiful relationship. Have you been hit with some really heavy stuff? Yeah. Like, like messages of like, I am on the brink of suicide right now. Um, I got, uh, so one of the, one of the nonprofits that I work with companions for heroes, I got a, a veteran message me. He's having a hard time. His doctor was, um, not doing, you know, just not, you know, just everything was living, falling short. I connected him with my PT, his PT is working with another person that he's hooked up with. And so like, I, I'm going to open my Rolodex. Um, got this guy connected with a, a service dog and companions for heroes. What they do is they take, um, you know, qualifying vets that are having some trauma and they pair them with a dog that is scheduled to be euthanized. So it's, it's pretty wild. It's, it, they do a dog plus a human equals two lives saved. And um, I love the company. I love what they do. Or I keep saying company, but it's an organization, a nonprofit. And actually my, I'm not sure if this is okay, but my, my stepdad, John, he is dealing with some, you know, some trauma and he just got a dog. So it's his dog, but we're putting him through the train, the, the dog through the training program. And it's, it's, you know, he's also a vet. And so he met all the criteria and it's, it's just so nice to, to have what I call social currency and use it for things that are bigger than you. Um, so yeah, I get hit with some pretty heavy stuff on a yeah. regular basis. Uh, somebody wants to reach out to you or the, or, or, you know, find out more about how they can get help or even help the cause. What are the best ways to reach you? So I try to go through and read all of my messages on Instagram and it's a lot. So I, yeah, I do. Must, I'm not even getting it. Going to get into the freaky ones. <laughs> You know what? There's not that many, to be honest. I, not that many strange. I get a lot of questions. I get a lot of requests of pictures of my feet, even before I broke my foot. Like, I don't know why. Like, there's apparently a very rampant <laughs> yeah, foot fetish out there. Um, and I have nice feet, apparently. But for the most part, it's always, it's either like a fan just saying hi or um, somebody telling me their story. And that's, that's, that's cool. So I try to go through and if I don't respond, it just means that like, cool, I appreciate, I saw it, I read it, thank you. Um, 
because you also have to kind of be cautious of getting into too much banter. And um, otherwise, uh, people can reach out on my my website and info at christmasabbot.com. Listen, guys, I, I have a, not to like, I hope this doesn't come off wrong, but you know, my, my team is swamped. So if you have a story that you want to share or you have some sort of contribution that you want to give or you have like a real good purpose of something that you want to be involved in, reach out. If it's just to say, hey, um, I appreciate you and I thank you, but um, I, I want your time to be pushed into something a little bit bigger than saying hi to me. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. I think a little. Sometimes I get I get real dumb now that I'm pregnant, like real dumb. <laughs> <laughs> your brain, all your brain function is going into building another brain. Yeah. Well. Okay. Cool. I'm good with being dumb then. <laughs> Let that little baby be smart. <laughs> I think also uh, to go check out um, the badass life. Thanks. Your new book. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty excited. So this. This, um, I know we haven't talked about it and, you know, I love the fact that we didn't talk business, but one of my long-term ventures, it's been in the works for five years and it's had multiple failures and failure to me is just, um, what's the lesson or how bad do you want it? And that's all it does for me. Right. And I learned a lot of lessons and I figured out how bad I wanted it. And I have invested so much time, energy, people, resources, and money, my own money, into this project called Can Christmas Abbott Nutrition. It is an online nutrition coaching platform with a with an app as well. But what I, you know, so like, you know, there's tons of those out there. Cool. But what this is, why this is different is because I want to pe- be able to teach people the fundamentals of nutrition, of like to educate them so they are empowered with the knowledge to make these decisions for themselves without the dependency of some sort of app. Um, and so every week, once you onboard, we give you some guidelines. We give you a w- weekly lesson plan. And it's real simple. Like, I want to simplify these things. Yep. Um, reach the masses instead of the specialties. And I love it so much. And I've, we've gotten this food snap so you literally take a picture of your food and it lists all the ingredients in it and you add. So it's, and then you adjust like half a serving size or yeah. a whole serving size. Oh wow. And it's, it makes it dumb, easy to do. And I've literally been working on this for five years. Like I said, I've, I've invested pretty much my life savings personally into this. And like every other thing that I've ventured into, there is no plan B. There's only plan A. And I will continue to push forward with this. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. And I, it's what we were talking about, that legacy. I want to be one of the heavy hitters, the spearheads that help make nutrition accessible and easy to understand. And so in 10 years, childhood obesity is absurd. That's beautiful. I mean, you're living a life of service and much love and respect for that. Well, I think that we all should be, right? Serving yeah. something bigger than you. I mean, it's fantastic medicine for depression. <laughs> it sure is. Hey. I mean, it fixes a lot of stuff. So much Go stuff. help somebody else. Go make somebody else feel better. Yeah. Go compliment somebody right now. Yeah. 
<laughs> Text a friend. <laughs> when you go to that you... coffee shop and you go look around, find something nice to say to every person you see and be authentic about it. Yep. And never stifle a generous impulse. Mm, I like that. I read that on a receipt at a restaurant once and it <sighs> stuck with me hard. You know, um, during my hard days, like last year, a year ago, I was at Nordstrom's. I had to get shoes for something. And I'm just like literally sitting with my mom in the middle of the shoe department crying, like just uncontrollably trying to, you know, pull myself together. And the lady that helped me, she never asked what was wrong. She was just super kind. And on my receipt, when I got home, she just wrote, I hope your day gets better. And she put a little smiley face. And I put that on my refrigerator. And I still have it there. Because it was nothing for her. She could have been like, oh my God, are you okay? Like, what's going on? Are you, like, you've lost your mind. Go home. Um, but instead, she just wanted to, like, and she put it in the box so I would find it later. And it was just the sweetest thing. No, like. Yeah, those little things matter. How much effort? What did that take out from her? It was free. It took two seconds and a, a, a simple thought. And it is a year lasting impact. There you go. Is you that the ice cream truck? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I was about <laughs> to make a mad dash. <laughs> I just saw fangs, a little drool, <laughs> some red eyes. Listen, I'll tell you what, it's still early, but I'm an eating machine. <laughs> well, hey, listen, I'm really proud of you. I'm really proud of your pain. I'm proud of your vulnerability. I'm proud that you are a role model and I'm proud it's you. Uh, I think there's a lot of people out there that have um, exposure that maybe aren't the best people to have that type of exposure, if that makes sense. Yes. And I really think it's important to have strong role models, but especially strong female role models that are as passionate and full of love and pride that they have in themselves. Well, I really appreciate that. Um, I'm proud of my progress too. And it's humbling um, to know that no matter where you are or in your life, it, you can stumble fast and hard and far. And I love this. I love this new format. Scott, I'm proud of you too. Well, thank you. This is, um, you know, when you told me about it, I just, it made sense. I was like, yes, this is, this is excellent for him. Because you were always like the bigger picture guy and diving a little deeper. And um, now you get to do it on your own platform with the people that you choose. Yep, absolutely. Uh, if you guys are not, make sure you follow Christmas at ChristmasAbbott.com. On the Instagrams. Christmas Abbott. Um, and again, your homework there is uh, make sure you really follow through and read the comments. Yeah. Admire the hotness and the, and the strength and the beauty and the self-esteem, but also go deeper. You'll know when I'm having a bad day. Because <laughs> there's not, I mean, I, I think your heart is, this might sound weird, but your heart and who you are is prettier than you are physically. I appreciate that. And whoever that little being is, is going to be lucky to have you as a mom. Well, I'm lucky to have them, truly. It's my blessing. <laughs> and again, thank you for coming on. Make sure you guys go check out The Badass Life and also Christmas Abbott Nutrition can. Yeah. I'll have all the links to the episode uh, notes at the Sisu Way.
And you can follow me at one Scott McGee and the show at the Sisu way. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out how to do the Instagram. Maybe you give me some tips on I'm dividing the two. I don't know. Oh yeah. You should divide the two. Okay. Good. Instantly right now. I have. I okay. Have. Okay. Good. <laughs> yeah. I tagged you. Yes. Okay. okay yeah. <laughs> um, again, thank you. Uh, thank you for coming on this show. I know you're busy. Um, love having you on when you're in LA. It's Always not, my pleasure. And folks, remember, health is wealth, vulnerability is strength, and strength is a choice. You are the master of your fate. You are the captain of your soul. So get up strong, be relentless, and be unconquerable. Thank you. Thank you.